back to the podcast um this week uh we're joined by go ahead you guys can introduce yourselves wait are we dropping nicknames though i don't know it's up to you fuck all right, all right. i'm ryan what's up <laughs> oh shit all right it's cracker <laughs> and it's me um let's <laughs> it's me this weekend uh, it was a pretty interesting tournament i would say it was probably the biggest quidditch tournament of all time i feel like that's a pretty safe thing to say um the only other one i can think of is bat city but that was only community so um yeah let's jump into the college side of it because you guys actually finish early and two of you got shafted so <laughs> yeah i was a little sad but it is what it is i thought they should have played some more community games on our pitch while we still had daylight but I mean, uh, I they have, once they pull community teams, just, they have to pull all the refs, so. Yeah, and also the two-pitch thing happened so last minute that, like, you couldn't really plan to put both the fields in play for bracket play, although that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad, though, but, yeah, college, we got started at 8 a.m., um, played till, whatever, 1 o'clock or 1.30, and then we were all done, and Cal and UCLA got told they were running behind the other field, so we were done for the day. We weren't going to make brackets, so we got to play three games. Um, but let's run it through team by team. First off, it worked out that you guys were the two shittiest teams there. Well, you knew that was going to happen going in, but yeah, yeah, but local, it makes you feel less bad about cutting. Yeah, I think the local thing makes more sense, but like, imagine if you guys had beat UT. I think they probably still would have cut our games and let UT play. (laughs) And I would have agreed with that. A lot more, though, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I still would have taken a win and gone two and one on the day instead of one and two and just not (laughs) that fourth game. I'll take that uh, just to put us in a higher pot for nationals. But let's talk yeah. about let's talk about you. Guys. Let's talk about UCLA. Talk about us first. Mm-hmm. Um, we did well. I think we overperformed. Um, what was expected, and mm-hmm. I was happy with what I saw. We obviously still have some some huge blind spots. Um, Simone needs to develop. Who's our backup keeper? Um, okay. He let go of the ball just a lot on his drives. He wasn't distributing very well on no blitter situations to find open cutters um snitch on pitch beating we really need to go over um but we got plenty of time to do that and for right now me justin can hold down the fort and scream and yell at everybody and tell them what to do um <laughs> philip was good philip really impressed me um he's our third string male beater behind me and justin um he did really well he plays a little bit too slow sometimes um, how did michael do michael navarro michael he's my favorite now by the way jonathan's been replaced <laughs> <laughs> he's good um he played well. He did exactly what I expected him to do. He plays really good defense. He hustles really hard. Um, he has to work on his vision a little bit better and catch a little bit better and just put himself in better positions. But for a rookie playing in high-intensity games in his third tournament ever, uh, he's really, really good. What worked for you guys against Cal? Because that's a matchup that, you know, we've gone, what, 0-3 now in the last season? Yeah, this is Jonathan's first win against Cal. We're 1-3 and three now the past two seasons. Well, if you count the unofficial ones, we're 3-3. Three 3-3. And three. Okay, three and three, but yeah. this is the first official win since yeah. in the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, Cal got just kind of looked like shit. Yeah. Um, 
outside because they had Eli beat a lot, and outside of Fenning and Ertl, there wasn't really anyone finishing points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously we've improved a lot since that first tournament we played, and also I switched over to beating. I didn't beat in that tournament. Um, and I think that helped us a lot. We found the Philip and Ashley pair, which worked really well to open the game up. And then me and Justin can kind of go in there and do some work with Ava and Christy. I thought the Philip and, Ashley, uh, Philip and Ashley pair to start off was a good deal. I think it worked out, at least in the UT game that I watched. It looked like it was working. Yeah, no, the Philip and Ashley pair is great because I trust Ashley to know exactly what's doing. I trust Philip to listen to and do it. Um, and then me and Justin can boss the, the next two-thirds of the game. Right. Um, it'll be interesting when we get Victor back and we have a fourth male beater because then I'll probably start the game at keeper. Um, with Philip and Ashley, and then we'll put Jonathan in, and I'll go for a little break before I come back to beat. Um, but yeah, that looked good. We just, I think we looked a lot better. We've improved a lot. If we improve like at the same pace uh, up to regionals, I think we'll be a threat to win regionals. Um, I do think this is probably a good, de- like a feel good win against Cal because now you know that like regionals isn't that far of a reach. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very much within, within range for y'all. Yeah, Utah State's been in the snow for the past three months. Cal looks like trash and. Who knows what ASU and Yeah, ASU might just forget to submit a roster for regionals. So you never know. <laughs> Is that what happened this weekend at Tempe? That's what I heard. I don't know. If that's for sure. But that I just saw that awesome. they didn't play, and I assumed that they had to like provide refs or a non-playing TD or something, so they couldn't play. I don't know. <clears throat> AQ looked good by the scores, though. Good for them. Yeah, by the scores, definitely. I mean, I mean they're a good team. They're good. They're they're a team that could upset any college team in the West. They have enough pieces. Um, yeah. As games go longer and longer and they get more and more tired, they're going to struggle against a, a UCLA or a Cal because they can't really replace Kobe when he has to come off if he's been playing for 30 minutes straight. But they look good. They could upset people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's talk about Cal. How did Cal. they look against other, other people that weren't you? Yeah, Cal. Oh, well, Cal looked like shit against Kansas, but that was their first game back. They haven't practiced in, I think they practiced once in six or seven weeks because even before last semester ended, they had the fires with the mm-hmm. air quality so they couldn't practice and then they had semester breaks, so they didn't practice at all. I know from the Kansas kids that were staying in my apartment, they said they flew back to Kansas early and had like three or four practices in the snow, albeit, but they still like got to see each other the week mm-hmm. leading up to this tournament and Cal had, like, not touched balls in two months. So yeah. that showed, but other than that, I... Like, when they had Eli beating, Fenning and Ertl play. Fenning plays the whole game. Ertl plays, I think, 90% of the game. And outside of that, there's really no one you have to really look out for. I mean, their male chasers can score, but it's no one that, like, if you give them the ball in space, they're going to break your ankles and get to the hoop. So mm-hmm. they didn't look lethal from that point. Their beaters held their own, but they didn't dominate. And if their only offense is going to be Fenning drives or Ertl yeah. dunks, then they have that to dominate the beater game, and they didn't do that. Like, their beaters are still good. They're still quick. They'll hustle you to balls, and they'll play physical. They're not afraid to hit you. Right. But um, they weren't, like, crazy accurate, crazy powerful. They weren't smarter than everyone else. They're just good beaters at the college level. And when you're playing UT and Kansas, and even we, I think, have a better chaser core than them probably, especially if they don't play Eli there. You think uh, so? If they don't play Eli... I'm don't they have, like, a good amount of size on that team? Size... They had a backup keeper who was quick and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ wasn't there this weekend. I know he's a big guy. Yeah, um, they lost Jonah Phipps last year. Yeah. He was he was a good physical chaser. Um, other than they're that, Mike. they're not huge. Did Michael not play? Michael Sarayadine? 
however you pronounce. Oh, he plays, but he's, I mean, he's good. He's not, like, imposing. He's, yeah, he's yeah. a good male chaser. He's not, like, a clarion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is fair. You do outmatch there. Yeah, so if we have Jonathan, if Jonathan's losing to Fennig a little bit, and Elizabeth is probably better on defense than Maddie, maybe, but worse on offense, mm-hmm. then if we also have Clarion and Kevin and Michael Navarro, who's good on defense, and so I think we have a little bit better chases than them at the moment, especially if they don't play Eli. That's fair. But yeah. they still they have time to get it together. They have enough yeah. pieces. I know they were missing a, another male beater at this tournament. So if they do that, then they have four male beaters who are very competent without Eli, and they can move Eli back to chasing. Connor yeah, Hughes looks pretty good. He plays very close. I feel like when you put Eli into the mix with Maddie and Fenning, you suddenly are split between who marks who. Oh, and that throws you off for sure. And Eli can make a play and go up and get yeah, the ball. Yeah, Eli can definitely make plays. Play I mean, all three of them can make plays. Yeah. So. All right, let's talk about UT. Because I, I saw them in the Bosnia game, and that's the only time I saw them when they played Bosnia. And, and that was a pretty close game. Uh, I think the score was 150 Bosnia with, to 100. I think UT was down 20 on Bosnia, and Bosnia yeah. caught. And UT so, was yeah. up 20 on us and Cal when UT caught. Mm-hmm. And they were... Um, down out of range to Kansas. I think like maybe fifty points. Um, so no, maybe, no, maybe they weren't even out of range. Maybe I think it was uh, in range. The score was one eighty with catch to one twenty. So with the Kansas just, game. Yeah, so just about yeah. uh, in range. So okay, on the edge of range. Um, I don't know what's up with UT. I don't know the specifics of their players. Um, I know they have a really good male beater who catches everything. I think his name is like Taylor Carey or something. He looked really really good. Um, he didn't play that much in the first half of the game against us, and it showed because we got up like 4-1 really quick, and he came in for stitch on pitch, and it was <laughs> even at 18 minutes, and it, we were down to at probably 18.45. Yeah, um, it definitely looked like they put their best players in later in your game. Yeah. <laughs> they have one really good female chaser. I don't yeah, know her name, stuff. but when she comes in, she changes the she's game. A she was killing it in even the Bosnia game, I remember. Yeah, uh-huh. She's like girl, but a little bit bigger and a little less mobile. Yeah. UT plays very chaotic, and I think that worked in their favor in the Bosnia game. Um, but and I, and I and I think that definitely works in the college game. I think if you can, because yeah. they'll outchase most players. Uh, most yeah, they're most more teams. athletic than every team in the country, every, probably with the exception of Kansas and maybe Texas State. Yeah, um, and maybe Mizzou. I don't. I haven't seen Mizzou, but um, they're they their ball handlers panicked a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that through errant passes. Or took shots when they had easy, like they could have just passed it out and set up another offense. Uh, I know Simone coaches them, and I know he's played for a long time at a very high level, so I'm sure they'll they'll teach that and they'll work on that. And if they were just more disciplined, like they never would have been down to Kansas, I think, because they there were four or five or six times in that game where they would just like their beaters would make a play, Kansas beaters would retain possession, and then maybe press up a little bit, and UT would just throw the ball away in half a second mm-hmm. without even like checking their options. So. Yeah. And obviously, practice will help with that because I'm sure they probably haven't practiced in five or six weeks either. Mm. So, but in that Kansas game, Kansas looked like Kansas pretty much dominated them from what I could see. Um, so this was very impressive. So let's talk about Kansas because we played Kansas, and yeah, I was shocked that Kansas went down so badly to you guys. I, I mean, don't know I think what happened. I mean, it makes sense. I think the beaters just outplayed the beaters, and we forced. We met them earlier than they expected. Like, we met them on point earlier. We met them at beaters earlier. And I think we forced trades early. And, like, when if you're a college beater going up against, like, these veterans who know when to throw it back and when not to throw it back, 
and like will press you high and, and, and make those plays first, I think they like fucked it up and like threw it away three or four times and all it takes is four goals and then we're suddenly out of range and then from there it's a slippery slope. I don't think yeah. it was that that bad out of range, but it was still out of range. Yeah, I think you guys were at forty when you caught, but Kansas just looks so dominant on the college field. They came mm-hmm. out in a two male set um, that literally held control. We went two male. It was our third game of the day, so we got to watch them twice. We went double male to try and combat that, and yeah. we did that. We couldn't even get control back, and then it hurt us even more because we could not hold onto the ball on offense. Their chasers turned it over, and I think we got down thirty really quick because their double male just outdueled our double male, and then their chasers were still able to play really good defense on us. Um, and then they switched into a mixed set, and they have two very competent female beaters. Mm-hmm. Nothing to, like, wow, you know, like, crazy, crazy arm, no crazy, yeah. crazy speed, but they know where to be and what to do mm-hmm. and when to throw and when to toss back. So that always helps as long as you have two female beaters who know the game. They cycle through those two. Um, and then all their female about, beaters hold their own. You know what I'll say about Rachel um, is yeah. I was really under-impressed yet again with how Kansas uses her. Like, seeing yeah, her team say tryouts. At Team USA tryout, she looked great, and she looked she looked like she belonged there. Um, but on, in the Kansas game, she was neutralized by, like, we, we put Jenny and Tori and Elizabeth on her, and, and that's it. That was it. Like, nothing happened from, with Rachel, which kind of sucks. But I'd like to see her utilized a little better on that Yeah, team. I don't know. What did they do? I didn't really remember paying that much attention to her in your guys' game. But, like, she in our game when we played her, I don't think she really stood out. And the Kansas kids, when they came back to my apartment, they were talking about how she's so great. But I just think... I don't know what they're doing. She's not scoring nearly enough because yeah. if you're having to leave her unmarked, she should be scoring all the time because she has great hands and a great arm. Mm-hmm. And she's super tall. I'm, she's glad, super I'm glad you're putting in input in here. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Kansas. Wait, uh, but also, on the Rachel Heald thing, I think the biggest misuse of her ever is putting her at keeper. I'm just going to go out and say yeah, that. Mostly what I'm referring to. Like, like she can, you can not play keeper and still carry the ball if that's what they want to do. If they want to create the mismatch in the open male chaser, that's because she's great for that because she's super tall. But the problem with putting her at keeper is that when the other team scores, I don't think Rachel's ever going to run down the field and score a fast break. Exactly. And I think that's more useful than having someone on hoops who can stick their hand to the hoop occasionally because the amount of times I see fast break goals is way higher than the amount of times I see keeper's goal tend to stop a shot. Right. Which is why I feel like if you're just stuck in quick beaters against them um, that use their control and will, like, recover the con- like recover control, or at least recover the one drop back really quick and make the early trades, that's an easy way to, like, stop that team. Yeah. They also, like, I don't know. They also could take the ball to the hoop a little bit harder. I don't know if they get scared of hurting people if they're too nice or whatever, but they take some shots from far out that they should not be taking because they could easily get all the way into the hoop, and that would yeah. change the game from being up thirty and in range to up I mean, fifty. I did think that. I did think Dave was looking better. a lot better. I yeah, feel like compared to last year. Yeah, yeah he, he looked really good. Drives and like he wasn't make, missing those easy shots or drives as he much. Missed as a he couple on the college field, did. but he also made a couple of shots, and he also obviously had some good drives. Right. But if he can get to the hoop every time, which I think he should be able to, mm-hmm. that makes that team go from deadly to lethal. I will say that I like that team. <laughs> yeah, I like them a lot. Team. They look really, really good. They look maybe even better than Texas because they're male yes, beaters too. The their question. male beaters are all really quick. You saw both of them more than us. What, yeah. What do you think? Who's taking it's the cake? Very, it's very, very close. Um, 
I think they both never lose to a bad team. Both of those teams are smart enough, good enough. If there's a team outside of the eighth man top ten, I don't think anyone's going to compete with those two teams. They'll put away all those games very easily. Um, In a game between the two of them, I'll take Kansas because Kansas has the better seeker, I think. I think it'll be in range like eight out of ten times. And the Kansas seeker, I think his name's Riley something, he looked phenomenal today. And I know they have that kid, Brandon Weary, from last year who caught against us really quick. Right. Not really quick, but he caught against us with an athletic catch. Uh, I think he's injured right now, and he wasn't at this tournament. But if he comes back for nationals, he's also really good, and they just look really good at seeker, really good at beater, and they're a smart team with big physical chasers. So, yeah, it just looked like it looks like UT went two and two in snitch catches, which also I think correlates to the games they lost. So yeah, and they're they were having trouble catching snitches on the college field. Like it took a yeah. long time for them to catch snitches. Elizabeth had a catch on Christian Barnes when we were down twenty. Um, that got called off, and I want to watch the film because I know that he tripped over her, but I think I heard she so, might. She thought that she pulled it before he started tripping. Yeah. Um. So they they almost lost to us on snitch catch, and they I know they played some long games where they could not catch the snitch. Right. Like they let Cal back into it. I think they had Cal forty or fifty out of range, and it and, went for a long time, and they couldn't catch the snitch. snitch. Yeah. That's the other thing, Cal about Cal. Cal doesn't have a seeker unless Fenny comes out to seek, and if Fenny goes out to seek then he's got three minutes before they get out of range. Yeah. But that's a that's also a huge thing to pull from Cal, is their main keeper. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But they need to develop a seeker that's not him. Yeah. And I don't know who, who it'll be or where it'll come from, but their their seekers don't look dangerous at all. And Texas's didn't look that great, and that's why in that in the Kansas-Texas matchup, I'd give the edge to Kansas. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about the community side of things. Um and let's start with uh, the one thing I did want to say that was <clears throat> was that I guess it is a good thing for the split if the best college team got thrashed out of range by a yeah I don't know what I don't know team. what that was it might have been that we were just sitting around for five hours it might just be that you guys are a lot better but I would have thought like obviously I think Calvary and THD will take all the college teams although yeah. UT's beat Calvary this year but I think if they played like serious games so they play like a three-game series, Cavalry and THC will take those series every time. But I would have thought UT and Kansas would have competed better with you guys in Bosnia, especially with the day Bosnia was having. I would have liked to see us versus UT also. I think that would have been a very good game. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a really good game. Especially too. given the day that UT was having. Um, yeah. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with Long Beach. Um, yeah. Since they had the first game and the first like big upset. Which, like, at this point, is it really an upset? Like, I don't get why teams put in their, like, second string to start against Long Beach. Like, they're obviously a very decent team. And they'll obviously take... I mean, take... It's, an, it's an upset. Long Beach isn't favored. But I'm not surprised sure. when Long Beach wins those right. games. Right. Yeah. I think not, Long Beach yeah, can win fair. one of those games per tournament. Maybe two of those games per tournament. But I'd, I'd not say they're the better team than Bosni or than Boom Train. That's fair. That's fair. Um... <clears throat> um I was going to say, with Long Beach, I feel like they just need to play with confidence. I feel like the Bosnia game, they started kind of slow and then they started panicking. and But eventually, they got a couple of goals and they suddenly started playing differently. Like, they were playing with confidence and they were playing like they deserved to be there. And suddenly, because I feel like the Coaffa line isn't that atrociously good that they can just rely on getting like goals because it's a Quidditch game. They need to, like, compensate for it by, like, playing aggressively as a beater. And I think 
Um, I think Mikey, the guy number 53, is good for that. I think he's very, very smart, and I think he's underrated. Who's Mikey? He surprised me. He's from San Diego, I think. From where? San Diego. Like, they picked him up through, like, San Diego. And Long Beach lost Jacob Lynn, right? Or is he still playing with them? Yeah, so he's he's leaving. He is a clutch player, though. He was super clutch against Bosney. Um, And I think he... His hustle shows, and I think his hustle translates. And I, I, I haven't watched the footage, but I think the, I think he's the a really co- solid. Huh? I was saying the correlation when he subbed in and, and when they started doing well was pretty significant, and I think he he might be the reason. So Jacob Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going back to RIT right this right. semester. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. They they're gonna miss him a lot because they're not super deep at the male chaser position with talent. Mm-mm. But yeah, if they keep games slow and low scoring, they have good enough seekers and beaters to, to get looks at snitch on pitch and upset a team. But um, mm-hmm. I think it shows in the games with you guys in Calvary, you guys because you know how to play them in Cavalry because I'm sure they came out super hard after they lost the right. train. Right. If you score a lot of points on Long Beach, Long Beach is not going to keep up with you. Let's talk about Bosnia because that was the first team that Long Beach played. Yeah. What did you guys think of Bosnia? I didn't see that much of them, but their scores weren't very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, they probably haven't been practicing. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched any of their games. I think I left to go get dinner when they played Boom Train. I feel like I've never seen that many overtime games by a single team. Yeah. Like... That was just, what was it? It was three or four. Three, right? OT three. three. Their first three. Yeah. Also, can we dispel the rumor that overtime is a TD's worst nightmare? Because overtime is not a TD's worst nightmare. Games that have a lot of yeah. stoppages and games with injuries and games that run super long are TD's nightmare. Yeah. If there's an overtime game, if it's only been going for 25 minutes and there haven't been a lot of stoppages, that's still only 30 minutes of your time or 33 minutes of your time or whatever. But if there's a game that has two-minute stoppages every five minutes... That easily gets way up over overtime games. Oh, yeah. Very valid point. I just um, wanted to throw that out there because I know a bunch of people were saying, oh, my God, overtime, the tournament's going to run so late. And I'm like, that's not necessarily why the tournament's running late. Just want to <laughs> put that out there. Uh, I agree. Let's talk about Bosnia. Craig, did you have any takes on them? Or do you want oh, me to go in on my notes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the best analyst. But, uh, <laughs> no, they, I feel like overall, just with a lot of teams, it's hard to really get a bearing on these teams that come from the Northeast. Cause I hear that, you know, they don't, they go so long without practice and Bosnia itself well, Bosnia doesn't, practice. doesn't practice anyway. So I guess that should never be an issue for them, but you know, I do think that that kind of sucks because they're just there. Like, they're there. They're like, they're, like, five practices away, like, one practice a week for five weeks away from, like, playing as disciplined as Calvary. And, like, once that happens, I feel like they'll have it. They're there. But it's, I mean, I do appreciate that they don't give a shit. Like, that's cool. Good for you. Yeah, show yeah. vibes but, but I feel like if you're that close. It's a, um, it's a hard balance to find between the like the, the true drive for like oh I really want to compete and be the best versus you know what fuck it I'm just having fun with my friends in a way we just have good. good for them for doing it and doing it at that level 
Um, I thought that Trudeau's passing was pretty fucking impressive, and I feel like that gets slept on a lot because teams just kind of like assault him as soon as he starts driving, and don't expect him to like be able to make pinpoint passes, and he does. And I feel like that works very much in Bosnia's favor. That was one of the things I noticed with Bosnia. Trudeau's uh, a very good player, although Trudeau- they're gonna miss Teddy Costa. That is the one thing I definitely noticed was they were really missing him as a receiver on offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I thought that um, I did think that picking up Perry, I wasn't sure how he'd fit in into that group because it's it's a pretty stable group. But I thought Perry looked pretty fucking good. Um, Perry is a great player too. I really I really like Perry's game. I know Jacob really liked it too when he was on UCL and he wanted to play Argonauts for the summer. I was intrigued to see how it translated over to playing against players that that knew what they know were what doing. doing. <laughs> but I still feel like it translated really fucking well. Yeah, well, now he doesn't have to play whole games every day, so. Right. I did think that Nasta also made, like, to the second half of the day, I thought Nasta played pretty well, and he had some good plays. Um, this guy named Stack, who I didn't, I don't, I forget, I think he someone said he played from, he's from Tufts, but he looked pretty good. Um, Julia looked good. Um, why didn't they close games out? Why didn't they? Huh? Why didn't they put teams out of range and close teams out if they're... Just, I mean, I think they're, they're not as disciplined. I feel like they're not as disciplined. They also, like, gave Bassam rotations where Bassam, when he looked good, he looked good. And then when he didn't, he kind of just turned it over and he looked rusty. Uh, which makes sense because he said he's not been playing much. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the whole thing. I think that's literally why I, I think they couldn't just pull it out of range with teams because they, they start off kind of slow and then you're stuck in a slump where it's, like, 4-2 and it's 16 minutes. And it's kind of panic mode at that point. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Depth, maybe, might be another issue. But I don't know if that's necessarily true with, with the caliber of players that they have. Yeah. Uh, speaking of methodical and, and calm, <laughs> let's talk about cavalry. I thought you were going to say gambits, and I was going to laugh my ass off. <laughs> methodical, <laughs> super disciplined <laughs> gambits. Oh, man. Um. No, I thought Cavalry was good. I feel like that situational play is pretty much unparalleled. Like, yeah, I think just the decision making on every single player's behalf is incredible to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Like each individual player knowing when they have the right matchup, when is the right situation to try to take advantage of a of a chase a mismatch, when to take advantage of like a beat that you think you could just pass it down. Yeah, I did think that the Seekers looked way less impressive. Um, than yeah, it took a while to catch snitches. Yeah, which is interesting because I think they've only added pieces. They've not removed any pieces from the Seeking core. But I don't know, maybe well, that's just the Seeking's looking. ever been amazing. Like that, well, I guess the finals two years ago against Texas State, it took them how long to catch the snitch? Forever. I mean, it was yeah. Gabe Garces, right? Right. But it still took them forever. Yeah, and I don't know how were the snitches this weekend. Were they decent? Like they were decent. Like they were decent. Anthony I was mean, decent. I was snitching a lot of the brackets. Dad actually did pretty decently, which was good. Yeah. Like he didn't like just accidentally give the snitch to someone because he wasn't looking. <laughs> 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 I feel like that happens with Ty a lot, though. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, they technically overperformed, right? I feel like a lot of people weren't. I mean, that. Why, they bought why them out of the five people. Thing? Why are you but saying like, the Cavalry overperformed? Because they lost to THC and UT. That's all they lost, right? Like, who else have they, they lost? They hadn't played THC. They'd only lost to UT. Oh, is that... So, I'm really surprised yeah. when going into it, people were having other people as, like, the ones to win, whereas 
me, I was just like, it's cavalry. I feel like I think everyone had T. Likely. I think anyone who had someone other than cavalry had THD, and that was because cavalry yeah. got beat out of range by mm-hmm. UT at whatever Texas Cup it was, Diamond Cup or something. And then like yep. they didn't get to play THD because they didn't get to meet in the finals. But it was one game. Yeah. Oh, so they game. lost it. They lost it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's the only loss. Yeah, and then they lost a boom train yeah. this week yeah. in overtime, which I heard was crazy. I heard that with like five seconds left, the ball was on the boom yeah. train. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Part oh, of that was a basketball game, like an inbound pass. It's like the last second you got to make a buzzer beater. That was cool to watch. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought they they looked they looked good as usual. Um, I think they don't I have many Casey, beaters. I think Casey Irwin adding her to that, like being her being there, just makes such a huge difference in terms of taking the load off. A lot of the players and it kind of just elevates the team i feel like she's so reliable and so smart and so she fucking whooped your ass Craig. oh she's yeah so- man that was such a solid tackle she <laughs> yeah. made me look dumb she's, <laughs> she's i feel like the, the ball movement between like Aryan, marty augie and and casey and, and that core of people just regardless of what the beaters are doing which which makes it so beautiful they just like pass it around they, they, i don't know their movement is beautiful to watch did yeah, augie play keeper earlier so in the day because he beat for bracket, I think. Yeah, Almost I think I did see him keep. I did see him keep. Or cheat? No, he didn't chase. I'm pretty certain he can't. No, uh, he keeps when he plays. Um, but I know in the THC game, he definitely beat the whole game. And I'm pretty sure in the, yeah, second, he did. In the boom train bracket game, he mm-hmm. beat for at least 60, 70% of it. Yeah. I don't know, he's just such a threat on both those ends that it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you put him. Yeah, uh, I just don't. I didn't see them rotate that many beaters through. I don't know what's up. I don't know their roster well enough, but I think they had like maybe two female beaters present, and they really played uh, what's her face like Molly like most of the minutes. Mm-hmm. And then on the male side, they had Augie Cole and one more guy. I think that they rotated through. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be a problem. Although with Augie's stamina, it probably won't be. But. Yeah. But I mean, their roster runs pretty deep, and I did see them play through many lines. So, yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. I just didn't see many like much impressive beater depth, and maybe yeah. that was just because I watched the later bracket games and Aki just played like the whole game. Right. So, um, let's see who else was next. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Boom Train. Boom Train, because um, that's the I feel like that's the most interesting team to talk about. Um, that was, I didn't watch many of their games. Yeah, I feel like they, they kind of like meddled in their mediocrity a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Top tier mediocrity. Top yeah, tier. yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Boom Train felt like... I don't even know how to describe them. Like it, Their ball carriers are not that good. Digman is good. He's got great fundamentals and everything. But I feel like when teams meet him up top, pretty quick he panics and passes and his passes aren't very good and and his off ball chases aren't very good i mean they're they're decent but the passes aren't very good coming in but physicality just isn't like his thing and i feel like when teams realized that and pressed him hard he panicked and the other ball carrier isn't that impressive like look at all the other teams all the other teams have like one elite one elite keeper cavalry has augie um gambits have tony um bosnia has trudeau and uh, THC has Robbie. Robbie. I mean, THC kind of has like a, a mishmash of a lot of great. Sam, Sam Hammer was in Andrew Axel. Yeah. So 
I don't know. They're lacking that. I feel like if they added that piece, if they could have some kind of an elite ball carrier, that would be crucial to their win. Um, What's their beaters, had with the keeper band on, right? Just I did see keep. Yeah, <laughs> but again, he's not that great at it. Uh, speaking of that, he there. fucking late hits so much. It's kind of disgusting. He runs and it's like, all the time. It's so stupid that people let him get away with it so much. It's like I remember that he, from last year, Heroes vs. Villains, when we were playing like our right. chasers, and he would just he just run right through Ruby. Yeah, post beat, and it's like no, he initiated. No, it's that, I mean, like he started early. It's like that's not how it works. He knows exactly what he's doing because he can get away with it, and that's very much something that ARs can and should call. Um, I don't know. Dad, I like you as a person, but those beat those hits are pretty stupid. Um, speaking of Poonchan, they are literally what? I'm saying there's like there's a play I remember just uh, that like. It was very, like, to me, iconic of how their driving was not on point. Was that, I don't know if it was against Cavalry or who it was against, but they had, like, three no-bludger drives in a row where they kept not, they couldn't finish the play, but they kept getting the ball back, and they just could mm-hmm. not three times over just make anything happen with a no-bludger situation. And like, I feel like that speaks a lot to you talk about not having, like, an elite keeper or, right. like, their physicality being pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um... They are terrible referees. Um, I think Hoffman is one of the most atrocious refs that I've ever seen. He really? was so, so fucking bad. He was so <laughs> fucking bad. Like, it's, it's not even fun. He's one of those people that literally panics very, very early, and then that affects him throughout. And it was kind of sad to watch happen because um, it went from, like, one bad call to three bad calls to four bad calls, and then it becomes to a point where he's, like, he's upset and he's not going to listen to any reason, like, I feel like that happened a good amount of time this time at this tournament in general with the refs, which is a whole different like thing. But I feel like refs. You're the refs, man. Alexia said Hoffman was her favorite ref. No, she's <laughs> wrong. Uh, Hoffman like <laughs> terrible. Like I, yeah, I'm not gonna go in and like start quoting the rules that he did wrong because I have a list of all the rules that he did wrong. But that that's for like his ref review. Um, <laughs> like he, it's 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 just bad because I feel like referees once. Once they realize they're in, in a dicey situation, they rely on the fact that they're the referee and not logic. And I think when logic, like, the referee should not dictate the pace of a game. The referee should not be involved with the game, should not be involved with how a game flows. Like, if he had ref, for example, a Bosnia game well, um, we'd have three extra goals, we'd be out of range from Bosnia, and we would have won. Um, but, and I'm sure he missed calls, he missed calls on hit their side too. I'm watching, I watched the footage, he missed calls for them, so they would have had a couple of goals here or there too. He's just a bad ref. Like, you can't have, yeah, you can't have someone like that refereeing games like HVI. Um, and, or Arden. Arden's also a terrible ref. <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> the other thing that I kind of like, one of my referee notes this weekend was that I think head refs need to realize that having incompetent ARs doesn't, isn't a valid excuse. Like, I understand that there's shitty ARs, but you are just as responsible for what your AR calls as the AR. Like, it's the ref crew. It's not head ref and AR and SR and all of this shit. Like, it's a ref crew. Let's just get it done for 20 minutes. You take the blame. You take when the, when the coach comes up to you and says, hey, your AR made this call. This was bad. You say yes. Like, if it's a bad call, you say yes, and you move on with it. Um, I think, like, Quidditch refs just don't realize that it's it's not about them when they're refing. It's about the game. Like, both the teams just want a fair game. Anyway, <clears throat> back to Boom Train. Um, I feel like the the positives on their end are I feel like their female players are 
pretty fucking good. Um, I think uh, Alyssa Marasa, I think, is her name. She is really fucking good on both the beta end and the chaser end. And then I, they have a chaser named, uh, sorry, seeker named Cami Lang, who's also really good. Um, so I don't know. Boom Train looks like they could be, they're like one step away from being a very, very good team. Yeah. But also they were undefeated and they took only like, what, two or three losses this weekend? Yeah, they went three and three, three and two, no, three and three, I think. So I guess so, yeah, so they're like middle of the road, I think, in, yeah. in that category, the middle of the road. Where, does, where would you rank them at this tournament? Like, if you were ranking teams for this tournament, Cav and THC up top, where do you put Boom Train? Uh, good question. I don't know. I think I, I put because I'm ranking them. and I can't figure it out. I have no idea yeah. where to put them. I mean, I think I'd put them at par with with uh, like I'd say a little below Gambit. I'd say Bosnia goes next, and Gambits go right about right about there. Um, maybe I'd I'd even go as far as saying the Gambits looked a little better than the than Bosnia, but also I have Bosnia looked bad. Yeah, but I also have inherent bias there. So and Bosnia didn't have the best day, so I can't speak to the grand scheme of things. But um, <clears throat> on the day, yeah. I think on the day I'd say they go below Bosnia and Gambits, then Bosnia, and then Boom Train, and then FQ. But who knows? Maybe they'll get that shit together between now. Like they also, I know they haven't practiced much because of the winter and shit. So like, okay. there's still time, and like they're not that far off that it can't be fixed in what two months. They're totally fine in terms of going to nationals. Uh, let's talk about THC. Because I feel like that wasn't the other one that was going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. The only other undefeated team. What do you guys think about TFC? They look good. I don't know. They look like the second or first best team in the nation. Yeah. They don't make stupid mistakes. Jackson has a cannon. And he's not afraid to, to sling it. Um, their other male beaters hold their own against top-tier beaters. Um Sam Ham and Axtell are both very good with the ball. Um, yeah. Hallie Pace is one of the best female beaters in the nation. Also, she's also the only female beater I realized this weekend. I think it's quite possible. Yeah. Um, like I did see someone else on the sideline with the with the black headband on, but I mostly only saw the um, Tracy and Jackson pair followed by followed by Hallie. Um, yeah. But yeah. I feel like she hus- struggled a little bit against hustle beaters. Like when uh, I was watching the Boom Train game pretty intently, I think I was refing that game, yeah. Um, like when they had their hustle beaters in for Boom Train, she struggled yeah. to keep possession. But <clears throat> as soon as they put in some of their slower beaters and some of their like range beaters, she, she was fine. She killed it. Yeah. I feel like they don't like Robbie Sluss, who also shout out to his parents for giving us like six foldable chairs um oh that's so nice yeah they were really sweet um but he he looked good um he looked pretty good but i feel like their their strengths lie in the fact that they have so many explosive off-ball chasers yeah Uh, i didn't notice at like i didn't like cavalry moves the ball around really well mm -hmm. Uh, they can move like kind of like ut ut moved like when they were clicking when they weren't throwing, like, <laughs> stupid passes, right. they moved the ball around to multiple people in a single offense and will find an open person and get it dunk. Like, I didn't see that from THC, which is not a problem. I just no, it's saw, it's... like, it's one pass to Axel or Sam Ham from what I saw in the later games, I right. thought. Yeah. Um, 
and then those those guys drive. Yeah, I mean it's a smart move given the chase of the core that they have. Um, like they got Abby, who's also equally explosive. They can just put that mix in and let it run, and just create those. And their beaters are great. Like the yeah. Jackson Tracy combination combination is fucking explosive as hell. Um, they press early, they press hard, and like they chewed us out in our semifinal game. They just ate us yeah. out. Like, yeah. I think bar- barring Jared, everyone else on our team kind of just got played for a good chunk of that game. Yeah. Um, Jackson really puts pressure on you. Even when he when yeah. he's on defense, he mm-hmm. will step up high and force you to throw and make a mistake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like the, the Cavalry game was very interesting to watch because it was, like, it was two complete opposite styles of play. Um, and also the finals, exciting game. Um, although I think Cavalry did a really good job. Augie kind of just forced Jackson to ISO him. Like, they were just in a battle through the whole game. It was, at least yeah. towards the latter half of the game, they were just battling with each other. And that works in Cavalry's favor because Cole cannot play the other beaters and get the ball and just let Cavalry hold it. Yeah, Cavalry had control a lot in that game. Mm-hmm. And I think the Augie-Jackson battle forced that. Like, when you get Jackson distracted in that battle, I think your team can take it. Uh but it's hard to get Jackson to do that, I think. Yeah. is a good team. Very good team. Um, Top two, for sure. I think there's a clear <laughs> division between those two and, and the rest. Yeah, they're definitely, those two are definitely uh, in their own league right now. But that being said, um, I am intrigued to see how on a two-day tournament, having just Hallie as your beater plays out. Um, Going into day two, when every game is going to be a 20, 25-minute game for her, at least. Um, yeah. And the moment you drop that, you're forcing Jackson and, and Tracy to play. And then there's always just the worry of injury with two-day tournaments if you rely on, on one person too much. All it takes yeah. is one weird step or one weird jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they showed to, like, Boomtrain showed by upsetting Cavalry. Like, there's enough teams out there that... You are going to have to worry about teams, even if it's not Cavalry. You're going to have to worry about Bosnia and QCB and Warriors and Gambits. And if you play your second or third lines, you're not just going to cakewalk all the way through until you get to play your first line against Cavalry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the gap between the three through six has narrowed significantly this season. And I think that yeah. works. Three through just, seven, I think. Three I think three seven. Minutes. Oh, UCB, UCB, Bosnia, Boom Train, Warriors, you guys. I mean, I haven't seen Warriors play, but I assume they're still up yeah, there. Yeah, that's fair. Like Those are fair teams to put in that mix. Should be interesting. Yeah. Be fun. Who else haven't we? T- who haven't we talked about yet? Gambits. <laughs> Gambits. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you look good. You guys impressed me. Yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were losing. Gonna lose more games. I know. <laughs> I think I don't know. We were we were zero and four, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what they said, right? <laughs> I don't know. We're a good team. I think at the national scale, I understand why people underrate the gambits. I understand why people think the gambits are gonna choke, uh, but because they have I choked, they have choked. But you know, yeah. new year, new team, um, yeah, new team, new social media. You know, it really helps. <laughs> new jerseys. Looking for uh, <laughs> fucking terrible. I will say that again <laughs> on the record. The new Gambit's jersey's design sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. Alyssa's not coming to nationals, right? No, she is now. She is now. From what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alyssa, Aaron, and Danny is a 
is a pretty deep as it goes female beater line. So, yeah. no, mm-hmm. it works. Um, Danny I, was playing really well this past weekend. Who was? In she usually does, but it's just very. It's nice seeing her. You talking about partner well? Okay. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, I it's mean she not- plays conservatively and she plays safe and she plays smart and I think that works. Like she played really well against Cavalry and I thought that's like. I mean, it works in her hands because Cavalry is a very disciplined and fundamentals team, and and she's a very disciplined and fundamentals player. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that the Gambit's depth that they've added this year goes unnoticed very frequently, given how top-heavy Gambit's looks. But I think the depth, yeah. having the depth, really helps. Corey and Jared are both really, really good. Yeah, and now you guys have what two dedicated seekers? We have three. I mean, two. Yeah, two and a half, three. Two. Are you counting you if you end up on the roster? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not counting. and I was counting Mago as the half because he oh, chased yeah. too. But yeah, you can put me in in that mix too. Not that I'm adding much, but we also like if you really need a catch, you have Grant. You can pull Grant. You can pull Tony. Like you can have Grant in as keeper. You can have Mike in as keeper. Like people forget we did play that TFC game, the second TFC game without Tony. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. We played a whole tournament and won the whole tournament without Tony. The depth really makes a difference. And I think that's going to be crucial for me to nationals. Even regionals, if regionals ends up being a fucking Swiss. Which... Yeah, I think it's going to be round Robin. Yeah, I think it's going to be round Robin. That's something. I mean, it's going to be annoying because, like, they... Too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. Uh, 
That'll be interesting. It'll be fun though. I'm gonna stop recording that. And then just like.